What is up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to today's news tonight. Things look a little different tonight, don't they? <laughs> I'm joined, <laughs> as always, by one of my good friends and co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Derek Bittner in the upper left. Ash, unfortunately, has a uh, prior work engagement, so he's he's out of the show tonight. He might pop into the post-show later for you live audience patrons. But as you can see, I am joined up above in the upper right in Ash's usual spot <laughs> by none other than Bloob. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to make sure to enunciate that really well. This is our first time meeting, so uh, it's really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you guys for having me on. This is awesome. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm really no excited, too. I think we have a good news spread for today. But before we get too far into it, of course, we have a sponsor for this episode, just like we do every Friday, in the form of Straight Lace and the Soul Device, which I'm sure you all are familiar with by now. If you don't have it on Steam, <laughs> you should go get it. Uh, Straight Lace writes, the Soul Device is a puzzle platformer where the player can create temporary platforms by shooting projectiles onto walls at the cost of HP to explore a Metroidvania-style environment. It's available now on Steam, and a sequel is also currently in development that takes the concepts of the first game and expands upon their possibilities. You can find more information and developer updates on Straight Lace's YouTube channel, and a new update will be out eventually after St Straight Lace figures out why Spray on Ice doesn't like specifically the right side of walls uh as somebody who has <laughs> developed in the past i i feel that common in my bones <laughs> so i from what i understand of developments like oh i did this random thing over here that has nothing to do with it yet somehow it fixed the problem yep. okay there's there's always like it's it's always like a one character error in code or something that just causes everything to break or work <laughs> but I, I mean um isn't that what is... somebody found out in uh, Aliens uh, Colonial Marines, where somebody had a spelling error, and that's what caused all the AI to bork? <laughs> just yep. not work? The game shipped with that error. Yeah, it was it was literally somebody pluralized a word that they weren't supposed to, and it just broke the AI, and, and it took one person going in and just reviewing the code to fix it. They're like, I deleted an S. <laughs> the game is working now. Oh. Job well done. Yep, that is that is hire this man right now. <laughs> Isn't that just how technology works in general? Yeah, you you yeah. do one thing wrong and everything just <laughs> falls Pretty apart. Sure that's how YouTube's algorithm works. <laughs> oh, Everdeen yeah. Studio going with some going with some Azran level punnery. Coding is a whole other language. I see what you did there. I'm not even sure if that's a pun, or I think it's just a statement. <laughs> well, coding, so programming is considered to have many programming languages. Mm. That's a that's a high-level nerd joke. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've never coded before, so it's, yeah. I've always looked at that and be like, yeah, I'm not touching that. I'll, I'll enjoy what you guys make. I, I can't do it myself. There's just no way. Yeah, I tried looking into it years ago, and I was like, mm -mm, no, I took like an introductory class, and I was like, I, no, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, my my parents pushed me into programming when I was very young. They wanted me to do it, and I, I told them I didn't want to understand how my games were made because I didn't want them to be ruined for me after that. I'm like, I don't want to know how they make them. I just want to play them. Uh, mm. I ended up getting into coding like during the, you know, when Apple opened the app store and everyone's like, oh, you can make a million dollars by writing an app on your couch. And then I tried it. I'm still not rich. So here <laughs> I am. Still not a millionaire. Yeah, mm. it didn't, didn't work something, like that at all. <laughs> something worked, uh, went wrong here. I don't know yeah. why, but. I, I probably had yeah, a small you added an S. in my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it, we have. I'm I'm really excited to break down this first bit of news. So I really want to just jump right into it because I heard the enthusiasm 
radiating from Bloob during during the uh, pre-show chat we had. So I'm going to go ahead and throw the first story up on screen right now. Square Enix has announced that on March 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific, they're going to do their first uh, digital direct Square Enix Presents, uh, which will contain the world premiere of the next Life is Strange game. It's about 40 minutes, and they've got new trailers and announcements. Uh, they specifically call out Outriders, Avengers, uh, something for the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider, uh, a new Square Enix Montreal game, Just Cause Mobile, which, all right, and uh, Balan Wonderworld, <laughs> which... Maybe you're better off not showing that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is we've improved it since the demo, we swear. <laughs> yeah. I think Ash is the only person that I know that'll be excited for the Bell and Wonderworld part. But I don't I don't know a single person that likes that game at all. I have not seen a single good thing about that game. I, I don't even think Ash likes it. I think he's just fascinated by it. So yeah. I think I think okay. he realizes that it's a tire fire, but he's well, just may, maybe the closer. announcement maybe the announcement is that they're fixing it. And they're making it not terrible. <laughs> they just they just at the very last off. minute we canned the game. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I played that demo, man, and I was so deflated because Yuji Naka and Naoto Shima are a great duo. I mean, they created Sonic, and I keep hoping for great things from them, but I don't know. I feel like uh, they probably lack uh, somebody reining them in a bit. I think when they when they have somebody at the top being like, "Yo, pull it in. This is too weird. <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. you, you need to you need to make it make a little bit more sense." Then then they can do some great stuff. But I don't know. Ever since I would say Knights was really the last thing that was really well received, and I get why they're trying to recreate it, but not like there's this. some Billy Hatcher fans out there, and I'm sure there'll be Balan fans out there. The the, the funny thing is, it's um. I just started playing Ape Escape 3 for the first time on, on stream, and I didn't realize there was a costume mechanic to it, where you put the main character puts on different costumes and they have different abilities, which, you know, kind of like Balan Wonderworld, except it's way better. Like it's immediate, apparent, immediately apparent like how much better the system works in Ape Escape 3 than what it was on Balan Wonderworld. So it's like, the, this is a solid concept. This idea works but they just didn't execute it well, at least from the demo. Yeah, I, I could get that. Uh, what's what's your take on this, Blue? I know you're pretty excited for this uh, I, presentation. I saw, um, I mean, I'm not excited for Bell and Wonderland. I don't care <laughs> yeah. about that game at all. I watched, <laughs> no, I watched but, no. one video on it, and nothing made sense about it. Like, every button is the mm-hmm. jump button, and I was like, oh, okay, I probably won't like this. I'm not big on 3D platformers anyway. Um, I'm not good at them. But um, what I'm really excited about is Life is Strange. First of all, I had no idea that they were even working on a new Life is Strange at all. I don't think that they even like alluded to that at any point. And they're just like, bam, here you go. We're doing this. And um, I love the first game. The second game is not that great. Um, I don't know if either one of you have played it. But um, uh, unfortunately, Ash was the one who played it. He loves the first uh, one. I don't know what he, his thoughts on the yeah, second the, one. Yeah, right the now. first one is absolutely fantastic. It's very like, it's more of like a, like a... What's the word I want? Like a visual novel more than anything. Like the gameplay is very okay. like sparse. Most of mm-hmm. it is making decisions 
and a lot of it like has to do with time travel but you get really attached to the characters and you like really get stuck on the narrative and it's just I don't want to spoil anything but <laughs> it is it is absolutely mind blowing it's one of my favorite games ever the second one was eh, it wasn't as impactful I did still like it but I have no idea what they're doing with the third one um I think I think the same studio came out with um the one game tell me why which was only like yes. uh 3 episodes and I have that but I haven't beaten it yet um but I just know that I am like I'm gonna be mind blown by it. as long as it's not more of what they did in the second game. I'm hoping they go back to their roots a little bit. The second one wasn't in the first one. You have like this time traveling power. In the second one, you don't really. It's it's a different character that has it, so you're not really controlling mm. it, and you basically have to train them to use it properly. And mm. it's very easy to get a not good ending. <laughs> oh, oh Yikes. man! But, yeah, you know I've heard nothing but good things about Life is Strange, and I feel bad because I own it. And I've just, it's still sitting there oh, unplayed. Oh, you gotta, you gotta try it. It doesn't even take that long. It takes, it takes like, I mean, I, I think eight hours to get through that game. Like, you could do it okay. in like oh, wow. one sitting. It's like yeah, a TV you could just, miniseries. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's five episodes and each episode is about like two hours, I would say. Like That's 10 hours bad. max. Yeah, I got through it in like one weekend. I was, I was hooked. I couldn't stop playing it. Um... One of my friends recently streamed it. I got him to stream it. He won it in a in a giveaway on my channel, and I got him to uh, stream it. And he hated it. He hated the last episode. Really? He thought, yeah, he thought it ruined everything. And once again, I don't want to spoil anything, but the last episode can kind of ruin it for some people. It depends on your perspective, but it is it is very heavy. And if you go with one of the choices, it is really well. You're basically you have your hands tied on the last episode. You have your hands tied. You have you're stuck between like a rock in a hard place no matter what you do and some people hate that but i i really loved it it changed my perspective oh, on life in general we, we were just having a talk about how i like <laughs> games that kind of put you in emotional weird places versus just being happy and po positive all the oh, time oh yeah it's so not a feel good game it is not a feel good series at all <laughs> see steve it's might not... like it then because he's he's down for games like that where well he, yeah he, his favorite was uh last of us part two last year so there you go. Yeah, I, I love The Last of Us. Part oh, two. That, I know was... so many people that hate that game because it's so punishing, like emotionally punishing. Oh, it I really haven't played is, it. Yeah. I haven't played it. I'm, I, I'm I currently either, streaming yeah. the first one. I'm I'm in the middle of streaming the first one, but I'm only playing it once a week, so I'm like making very oh. slow progress. <laughs> you are you are in for a ride. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people that love the first one, but the second one is so controversial, wow. like insanely. Azran127 in the chat says, Steve likes to cry so much they call him Steve Balling. I I appreciate that. That's, <laughs> oh my gosh. that's next level stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I like sad games. I don't know. I, I think it's just a nice break from the constant positivity of most games, which not a bad thing, but I just kind of like having a different experience every now Yeah, You want a variety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Di dynamics. Yeah, I like both. I, I like really happy games, but then I'll, I'll I'll play stuff like Life is Strange and The Last of Us and like horror games stuff now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm I'm down for a variety of experiences. Yeah, that, that's sort of where I'm at. Like, I I don't mind happy games. I don't mind sad games. It's just what I'm, you know, what experience they give me this time around. It's like I'm I'm down for. Let's see what they can um give us, and. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of the last really, like I'm trying to think of a game I like beat and just sitting there like, huh, <laughs> just like trying to let the 
emotions of it all wave over me and kind of process how I feel. That is it. absolutely what Life is Strange does to you, 100%. Yeah. I still think about that Final game Fantasy and it's been years. Seven kind of did that to me because it's like you're going through this epic story and it ends the way it does and you're like, huh. Now you don't have to worry about it so much thanks to sequels and whatnot, but it's at the time when it was all fresh and new, it's like, you don't know, really know what to do. And, you know, I know of your love of Final Fantasy X, it kind of does the same thing, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mm-hmm. the same thing. Final Fantasy yep. Seven or Final Fantasy Seven Ten, Final Fantasy X, like, I, that ending just shook me. I was done with that game. I was so it mad at it. It destroys me entirely. That is my favorite game of all time. I think I like to cry, too. I think that's it. <laughs> that is my favorite game of all time, and the ending makes me cry. I could just look it up on YouTube right now and immediately start crying. Oh, man. Once the, yeah, once the soundtrack hits, I can't. <laughs> do you do you feel better after a 10-2? I honestly really like that game a lot. I mean, I have a poster mm-hmm. right there. Some people are like, oh, my God, you like that game? I'm like, yes, I do. Um, I unironically like it. System. it it's, yes, it's everyone's... just giving 100% sucks. <laughs> yes, I know. I've never, I've never gotten 100% before. Oh, I'm such a sham. I want to so bad, but I want to do it in one playthrough, and you have to fight, like, I think literally the hardest boss in that game to get 100% in one go, and I just don't, I don't feel like grinding. I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Gen 2 does make me feel a little Uh, little bit better, though. Oh, man. You know, I I actually realize I don't know the ending of 10-2. I remember seeing my brother playing There's like 10 of them. Oh well, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of different, of different endings. But if you want to get the best ending, you got to do every little thing in that game, and it mean you literally have to be in. Like you could be point one percent off, and you won't get that best ending. And I was mm-hmm. I actually had a guide with me as I was doing it. Yep. Uh, the first time I played, I still missed something. I'm like, you can't, some, you can't just, play if you want a hundred percent. You can't play without a guide. You can't. You, wow. you yeah. just absolutely can't. You need to be glued to that guide. Mm-hmm. That is wild. Like, you can't I, skip I, any dialogue either. If you accidentally skip oh dialogue, God. you have to restart, which has happened to me. <laughs> that is yeah. brutal, man. For for a game where you know it's ridiculous, feels but like I love half, it. Uh, Sailor Moon, half Final Fantasy. It, it, That's best I could do. Say is play it to your own enjoyment. Just take it for what it is. Use YouTube to look up the hundred percent ending. That's all you need to do. You know, back when it came out, I didn't nice. even have a computer in my house, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 10 nice. when that game came out. No, nah, man. I was, I well, this dates me quite a bit. I was see, 20. What was it? One? Was it 2001 that it came out? Uh, You know what? Maybe. I think it was 2003. Okay. So I was, I was 18. <laughs> if it was 03, I was, I was uh 21. God damn. <laughs> I was old enough. I was 10. You were 10. Um, oh, we're really showing our age, age here, Steve. <laughs> yeah, well, I just remember because it was a really weird circumstance. My brother and I, like, I had temporarily moved back in with my mom, and I was working at Target, and I was saving up money to, to then move out again. And my brother, for whatever reason, became friends with, like, the next-door neighbor. He was He was also back living with my mom at the time, and he did something for them. To this day, I don't know what, and they bought him Final Fantasy X-2 as, like, a thank you gift. I was like, that's really bizarre. <laughs> and he would mm-hmm. come into my room to play it because it was on. I owned the PlayStation 2. And so I'd watch him play it, and I'm like, man, this doesn't look like it was worth it. You got a free game, and you chose this? <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't know, man. I was still salty about ten though. Like, ten mm-hmm. was the only game because... I always play Final Fantasy games, beat them, and then go back and do all the end game stuff. And I was once I saw the ending of ten, I was like, 
I'm not picking this game up like... ever again. Fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm through. <laughs> how could you do this to me? Yeah, how I've, could I've, you? It's I've gut wrenching. I've beaten it so man. many times and it destroys me every time and I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I'd probably appreciate it more now as an adult, but as when I was a young adult, <laughs> I, I, was, I was too gutted by it. Anyway, I could talk about Square. I could talk about Final Fantasy for the rest of the hour, uh, but we've got... Well, what Six are we, more stories? Oh, go ahead. Real, real, real quick, what do we think of the other lineup here? Like, the fact that they're going to be showing off more Avengers. They got something planned for the Tomb Raider 25th anniversary. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it's more Western-focused than anything else, which is mm-hmm. kind of odd. I'm, I'm not sure if, if we can uh, figure out exactly what it's going to – what they're going to do here. Because I think, for the most part, we do plan on streaming this, right, Steve? We are, yeah. We are going yeah. to be streaming this March 18th, 10 a.m. Pacific. I will be there, not with bells on. I'll probably be a little tired. But um, <laughs> Avengers, I don't get it. Just give up. You know you've lost. Yeah, didn't they, didn't they tank with that? Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't hear anything about it after it came out. There was hype for it, and then I haven't heard anything about it since then. This, this doesn't seem like a Hail Mary let's redo the game from the ground up final fantasy 14 situation this just seems like quick get rid of all like bail bail it out as much as we can and have some people maybe do it it just it just feels like it's time to just move on like let it die get out of there yeah i they did the thing about reworking the experience and everybody agrees that it's a bad move like they made the game worse somehow um so i just don't know why you would I get why you would continue to try to market the game a little because you, they're probably desperately trying to recoup their investment. I'm sure getting the Avengers license, uh, especially in this day and age, was not cheap. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it, it ain't happening. You're not going to make Avengers a thing. So just go. Uh, Tomb Raider, I'm very excited about. I, I just think mm-hmm. ever since the reboot, Tomb Raider's been awesome. And I'm, I'm down for whatever else you want to show me as long as it's not a phone app. <laughs> um, <laughs> I the, still need the, to play uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I played the first two and enjoyed those, but I've not oh, had so a chance good. to. There's three of them, right? Yeah. Yes. That's uh, yeah, my, Tomb my... Raider, Rise, and Shadow. Yeah, one of my brothers recently beat it, and they told me because I really like Horizon Zero Dawn, and they were like, if you like Horizon, you need to play Tomb Raider because it's basically like the same type of gameplay. What? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I guess. I've not. I've not I mean, played he's Horizon not, he's yet. He's not super That's... into like games, so <laughs> yeah, that... that was his take on it. Okay, I was gonna say like, I mean, I guess they're similar insofar as they have like a pretty badass fem- female protagonist and, and climbing you have a bow and arrow. Stuff. And climbing <laughs> yeah, little, bows but... like because bow and arrows were really big for a while there. Yeah, it's like the I... go-to weapon. I just, uh, I guess, gameplay-wise, mm-hmm. like as somebody who plays lots of games, I just don't see a huge similarity, but. Horizon's awesome, and Tomb Raider is uh, it's a fun game, but it's a very different kind of game. Like it's much more cinematic and and feels like a like a, a by the numbers like adventure game. Like yeah, I, I feel it, like Horizon gives you a lot more of that open world kind of feel, where Tomb Raider yeah. feels very scripted. Tomb Raider's more how do I put this? A bit Metroidvania ish. As you get upgrades, you can go back to old areas, and you don't oh, have I to. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but you can do that sort of idea where you get new equipment for her, and she can access other things. Or, hey, this yeah. thing that I couldn't get before, I can go back here and get this special upgrade. Oh, that is like one of my favorite things in all I, of gaming. So, <laughs> I really right. enjoyed the the first Tomb Raider uh, remake uh, game. 
uh, reboot game, I should say. Um, that, you know, and, and I think Rise of the Tomb Raider improved upon the gameplay tremendously. Unfortunately, I don't think the plot was as interesting. I can barely recall it. Uh, and I, I, I've heard basically the same thing with Shadow, where the plot is eh, but the gameplay is really good. So, yeah, kind of what you're getting into there. Exactly. I, I've seen some people saying uh, about a trilogy port onto the Switch, which would be oh, that cool. would be perfect. That would be cool. <laughs> I could pick that could, up and then play all of them. <laughs> I could also see them doing like a trilogy port to PS5 Series X. Yeah, That's, I could see that. I'd be down I for mean, that too, though. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. give me some retracing on that. I'll, I'll, I'll double dip. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. But, yeah, be interesting to see what we get. The rest of the lineup is, yeah, we talked about, I mean, I don't think any of us have any strong feelings about Just Cause Mobile, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. I love Just I... Cause 2, but I haven't played the series beyond that. <laughs> yeah, Just Cause is fun, but I don't know that I've wanted it on my phone. <laughs> I also don't want most games on my phone, so. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, yeah, I am. I'm good. When it comes to games on my phone, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't use it for that. I downloaded mm-hmm. uh, the one we were mm-hmm. talking about. Someone in the audience helpfully reminded me that it was World's End Club, or I think that's the name of it. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that one from so the Rampa people. I downloaded that, but I was like, I don't feel like pairing a controller to my phone and then actually doing the work of playing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my Switch is right there, and it works fine. I'll do that instead, or I'll play some Fortnite or something. <laughs> but... <laughs> Especially with World's End Club coming to the Switch so soon. Right. I'll just reach out to NIS and say, hey, I tried to play it on my phone, but my phone's really small. So I'd like to play it on my TV. Thanks. Mm. Um, all right. So speaking of loosely related technology, <laughs> let me go ahead and throw our next story up on the screen here. That was the worst, roughest segue I've ever done. Um, so Xbox today announced a slew of things. Basically, the, the merger with Bethesda is final. Phil Spencer had some words about it, implying that its uh, tech engine uh, could play a major role for Xbox going forward and Probably more importantly, or at least more hype generating for our audience, uh, 20 Bethesda games came to Game Pass today. Uh, Most of the Fallout series, including New Vegas, uh, Wolfenstein, all of those games, The Evil Within, Skyrim is on Game Pass, uh, Dishonored 1 and 2, pretty much every Doom ever made. (laughs) So uh, Game Pass got got a lot stronger this morning. Um, I don't know. This is basically... 1000% 1000% what I expected when they said they were buying Bethesda in the first place. I'm like, how would you not? <laughs> why Why would you not? Um, you know, I, I doubt they wanted to buy Bethesda and then say, yeah, you're still going to pay us 60 bucks if you want their games. <laughs> like Game Pass is Xbox's kind of first party subscription service at this point. So cool. And using their engine. Cool. Like it's <laughs> uh, it makes good good uh lighting tech they're obviously uh masters of their craft when it comes to first person shooters um but i can't i i would be interested to see and the only kind of thing that i think of when i hear id tech and being used at other xbox games is halo (laughs) oh boy which (laughs) is interesting i would i would love to see id's engine used for something more creative well not more creative that's a fucked up thing to say but like more uh, colorful and bright, you know, because it obviously is very good at dark, gritty, grimy, bloody hell type stuff. <laughs> and uh, Halo is is much more, you know, feels natural, open worldy, that kind of thing. 
Uh, so I would love to see if id's engine tech could keep up with something like Halo. Also, we all know that you know Microsoft has felt like Halo Infinite needs a new coat of paint. Maybe maybe an engine change would help with that. I don't know. Um, Hard to say. But, uh, Although now I just realized, I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but we could totally have a Master Chief versus Doom game. Hell yes. Doom guy. Oh, that would be so cool. I don't know who I would, would win that, that fight, honestly. Man, I'm that is... I have to go with Doom is... guy. Yeah, I'd probably go with Doom guy. Like, I prefer Doom guy over Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Doom guy is more willing to fight dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll chainsaw you in half. Master, Master Chief Chief's too get... noble. Yeah, <laughs> for that, for that fight. fight. There. <laughs> I feel like uh, it. It would definitely be a really fun matchup. I would love to see Microsoft kind of dive into crossovers like that. Um, I mean, if you own all the properties involved, it should be easy enough. But I, I don't know. I, mean... I, I look at this Bethesda merger thing, and I'm like, none of this feels like surprise i'm I'm not no. shocked by what's going on here i i mean this is if you sat anyone down in a room and said microsoft bought bethesda what's going to happen i think this would be the first thing out of their mouth <laughs> <laughs> yep um, so yep. uh blue let me get your take on this like i have we we've talked a lot about bethesda and microsoft and the purchase and our feelings about it uh how mm. about you like are you a big you know microsoft fan bethesda fan any of I'm, these things i've never been big on microsoft I've been a big Sony um, just gamer Same. in general. I, I have an Xbox for the exclusives, but I don't really touch it unless I have to get the game. Like um, Ori and the Blind Forest or Ori and Will of the Wisps, which I love those games. But those are like two of the only things I've played on Xbox in the past like two years. So, But um, as far as Bethesda goes, I love Skyrim a lot. Um, I wish they would make Elder Scrolls Six already. It's been how many years? <laughs> I did see a lot of people super excited on Twitter today about um, Morrowind, though, coming on on the Game Pass. People were freaking out about that. I've never played Morrowind, but uh, I don't know. I I like Bethesda because of Skyrim, and then that's it. And I'm just waiting for the next Elder Scrolls. I didn't really get into Oblivion. Um, I was very young when that game came out. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was picking up everything in that game. I thought you just had to pick everything up in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just okay, grabbing this, everything. This, this, this. Yeah, and I was, then you walk around over encumbered, and I'm like, okay, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. But Skyrim, I love. Beyond that, I don't really care about Bethesda. I know that they like um, they dropped the ball with what was it Fallout 76? I think it was, and I think yeah. that bounced back eventually. Um, eh, kind of, kind of. But yeah. it's not as bad. <laughs> mm. I'm just waiting for Elder Scrolls Six. That is all I want. Although yeah. having Skyrim mm. on on Game Pass is pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I already have it on true. PS4, but let's, uh, more games let's, on Game Pass doesn't upset me. Let's right. use this as a as a segue to our next very related story. <laughs> I'm going to throw this one up on the screen. Uh, this comes from a friend of the show and IGN goddess Rebecca Valentine. Uh, she says, Xbox has confirmed it is planning a summer games event of some kind this year, and Bethesda is heavily involved in its planning. I'm going to just cut out the middle. You all see it on the screen. You can read it for yourselves. But it does say this could potentially mean more details on upcoming Bethesda titles that have been quiet for some time, such as the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield, mm. though neither Greenberg nor Losey named any specific games during this segment. So it's interesting to me that they're announcing, you know, already that they're going to be doing their own summer event. I mean, because as far as we know, E3 is going to be a digital thing this year. Does this mean that Microsoft is going the way of Sony and pulling out of E3? 
I mean, if there's no physical space, then yes. <laughs> I well, I yeah, I, I agree. Why pay DSA for something they can easily do themselves? That's true. That is true. Um, uh, I'm I'm really interested. Let to make see, E3 though, completely do... obsolete at this point, then, or just more yeah, obsolete as we go like forward. It. I think I think honestly, if Microsoft pulls out, the fate of E3 kind of rests on the shoulders of Nintendo, mm-hmm. because Nintendo is still been kind of full bore as as much as they have been with E3 uh even with Sony having pulled out they they still had their full presence at E3 2019 which mm-hmm. that is wild to say like we're coming up on E3 2021 and the last one was in 2019 um mm-hmm. they they still had their full presence like big you know crazy booth and all the stuff uh and in in fact uh Amy and I re- filmed the booth, so um, which was the Luigi's Mansion Three booth, which was cool. But yeah, um, very neat. I think I, I think that they can still manage to hang on if Nintendo doesn't pull their support. I think the minute you lose all three major platform holders, there's not a show left. Yeah, and like, but I maybe I they'll think... return for when the show's back in a physical space, right? I, but... I said I hinted at this in our last show that we talked about E3, but Sony's wording that they used when they announced they were pulling out of E3 was very interesting. They said they didn't want to support E3 in its current form. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways you could read that. Uh, The way that I chose to read it was that Sony didn't really see the value in supporting it as a consumer-based trade show because there are so many of those all over the country. Mm-hmm. In times where we're not all devastated by a pandemic, but uh, you know, traditionally you had opportunities to get that same hands-on time with your customer base at PAX, at TMG, stuff like that. You could you could find ways to you know, and Sony had PSX every year, where they just invited their customers directly to their own show. Um, so it didn't really, you know, I, I kind of always thought like, and also going to E3, like having the experience of going to it when it was a media slash insider only event versus wide open, man, I, I love that everybody got to see what E3 was, but at the same time, it made doing my job so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would be uh, the first year they opened it up. My badge got stolen off my chest within 10 minutes of being on the show floor and i mean it got to the point where i had to like pin my badge to my shirt so people couldn't rip it off and uh more important i had no idea it was that bad i went i yeah. by the time i hit the show floor is a lot more calmed down and so. oh yeah and and when you go into the show floor especially if you're trying to be there at the start you are like just shoulder to shoulder with so many people. It's so gross. Like it's just especially now when you think about spaces the, together. Like yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever been to like a club or like even even a particularly crowd like when we were all kids, right? So like when mm-hmm. I was a youngster and <laughs> like into just too many people in a small room and you can feel the humidity in the air because mm-hmm. of the number of people oh it's so like it makes my skin crawl thinking about it but e3 is like that uh and and it is very uncomfortable i'm getting uncomfortable just thinking about it but i think <laughs> a that... lot of cons are like that too yeah not yeah. all of them but um i went to new jersey gamer con um i think it was two years ago now i don't my concept of time is i've been home for so long <laughs> but <laughs> um 
Um, I went to New Jersey GamerCon like two years ago, two summers ago, and oh my god, they had like no air conditioning on the oh, floor oof. at all. Like where everyone was, it was gross. I was like, I cannot be in here. It is hot as hell and it smells. Oh. <laughs> yep, that is the... awful. You do not want a hot, sweaty nerds packed. Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I've I've definitely been at E3 and been able to smell people around me and been like, oh. Mm-hmm. I want to go yep. home. <laughs> these are journalists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are people that are working. Um, you know, it, it always makes you insecure, too. You're like, am I contributing to this somehow? I mean, you <laughs> do running around and all that. You do get kind of sweaty, especially because L.A. weather. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I would but I also really made a, a, sure to shower and apply deodorant every day. So I, I just just bring deodorant with you like in yep. a bag. Yeah. I started doing that because. <laughs> My first E3, I remember that I had meetings both in and out of the convention center, and I felt so bad going, you know, I'd have to walk, like, in some cases up to a mile, like, in the L.A. heat in the summer, and by the Mm -hmm. time I would reach my meeting, I would just be soaked in sweat. I'm like, oh, God, that's so gross. Like, I feel so bad for the person I'm meeting. I'm like, hi, (laughs) I just walked a mile, and I, I probably, you know, you probably don't want to be anywhere near me now. So I started keeping like a little kit, like I carry a huge <laughs> messenger bag with me and I would just like any, any time I had to go off and go to a meeting, I'd just like go to the bathroom at wherever the meeting place was and clean myself up real quick and then come back out before I said <laughs> hi to anybody. I mean, you the, don't really have a choice part, at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the worst part is when they're waiting for you at the door. I've had that happen to me twice. Like the person knew who I was and was at the entrance waiting for me. I'm like, please, please leave me alone for like five minutes. I just need five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Make myself presentable, please. Yeah, yeah you, you don't want to deal with me like this, and I don't want us to be shut in a small room together right now. So please let me, <laughs> let me fix myself. Oh, speaking of being shut together in small rooms, let's go ahead and throw mm. our next story. There's a good segue. Say. That was a good one. That was smooth. Mm. I didn't even plan it. <laughs> this comes courtesy of Kotaku. Apparently, they have a new report uh, dictating that dur- despite COVID and everything going on in Japan, after their most recent cyber attack where a bunch a bunch of data was leaked, we've talked about it on the show here, uh, employees were forced to return to the office. Uh, now, Capcom claims that they observed all local laws and regulations and kept people socially distanced and staggered schedules. The Kotaku report, however, says that that is not accurate. They said that basically, <laughs> you know, you got those benefits depending on your stature and position within the company. Uh, if that's true, man, that sucks. I think they've, <laughs> as Capcom said, they haven't really allowed people to unionize over there either. So yeah. yeah, so Capcom pushed back on that. They provided a statement to Kotaku saying that they that while there are no unions within Capcom, that they allow them and that they uh, Mm. observe all applicable laws. So that that reads to me as like, oh, yeah, we'll totally let you unionize if you want, but, uh, you know, only insofar as we're legally required to. That's a nice (laughs) loophole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, you know, obviously they legally can't say you can't unionize, but you could also just get laid off. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if maybe maybe they heard you talking about unionizing and they laid you off because I don't know attendance or something. <laughs> but, yeah, um, does it doesn't it, paint the best picture? No, it really doesn't. And I know I think the excuse going around for it is uh, security reasons because because of them getting hacks, they want them to come in so they don't have the 
less secure home networks because okay we're trying to protect your employees information from getting hacked like it was before like it already has but you're putting them at risk of covid which is like it's it's a damned if you do situation and it, it just ends up them not looking good whatsoever yeah i feel like they should prioritize the lives of their employees over their security because if you don't have employees to work for you then what <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a good point I feel like this is this is an interesting situation, especially because, uh, as you know, Derek, I work in information security when I'm not doing this, and mm. I've been home for going on a year and a half. <laughs> I haven't had to go in, um, and part of that is definitely being uh, somebody who helps mitigate the risk of a bunch of people going home, right, and dealing with sensitive information uh, and figuring out how to safeguard that information, even when they're not you know, connected to company resources. Uh, so for those of you that, that aren't working from home for a gigantic company, uh, basically you would use a VPN. You, you've probably seen your favorite YouTuber advertise a VPN, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? VPNs are also used not just to let you watch Netflix from Europe. You can actually, uh, <laughs> you know, remote into your place of work and then your whatever computer you're on will be virtually attached to that work network which is how capcom's employees did their daily business presumably on hardware provided by capcom Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise what the hell are you doing capcom (laughs) really (laughs) but um and and the idea is you know you load these things down from a from an information security perspective you would load these things down with enough software to kill a horse <laughs> or presumably prevent an attack right even yeah. and and that software should be running whether you're on capcom's network or not or you know whatever company's network in this case that's the kind of stuff i do when i'm not entertaining y'all here on youtube um <laughs> and it's uh it, it's weird to me because the what whatever happened to call all your employees in seems like the weirdest, most dramatic step. Um, yeah, it seems like a take. shift in the other direction. Right. Like, usually when something of that magnitude occurs, because like I said, this is my line of work, um, you usually call in the people like me who set up the systems that failed and, mm-hmm. and browbeat them. Um, you don't call in the whole workforce. That That just seems especially in this day and age with what's going on in the world right now, like just such a, I mean, it's honestly, it sounds like the move a company that got hacked like this in the first place would take <laughs> like a very reactionary, yeah. uh, a bad, bad kind of decision to make. Irresponsible. Just, yeah. Um, and, and the funniest part is if you had a hole in your security big enough for someone to do this, uh, that, same security hole doesn't get patched by having people come home or come back to the office. It, it just doesn't because your network has already been intruded upon. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, so they, they have everyone at home and they still have the same issue. They still have the same uh, problem with security. Yeah. You, you yeah. didn't fix anything. You just got people closer to the source of the problem. Which is... I, I mean, we saw Sony get hacked and they were, this was well before the pandemic and all that stuff got revealed. Hackers going to hack if your uh, security is oh, yeah. not up to snuff. So, yeah, exactly. If if I had to guess this intrusion, you know, it, it's possible it happened on someone's computer, but it's far, far, far more likely that it was on an exposed server of some kind and somebody was able to install something on it that gathered credentials from people authenticating to it. It's we. Yeah, I, I 
can't imagine it happened to one workstation. And even if it did, even if it did, the answer is never bring everyone back into to work. That's that's not. You think they would bring like maybe half the people back if they were going to do that at all? I, I could right. see so it they as could keep like, them like further apart from each other at least because that's what most places are doing if they have to have their workers come in. Yeah, they I, operate I mean, at like twenty five percent capacity. Yeah, bring people in in weird shifts or something like that, or you know, so yeah. that there's always a small subset of people working in the office. But yeah, Capcom, I don't know. <laughs> you, Capcom really just needs to hire a security firm, a consultant, and like a new <laughs> PR person all at the same time. <laughs> just yeah. get them to to fix up your image and your security at the same time. That that'd probably be helpful at this point. But it would, but it's uh, I've. I mean, at least they're making great games. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Ghosts and Goblins Yay. was pretty good. Uh, I, I imagine whatever whatever they come out with next will be pretty good. It, it is difficult right. when a company that makes stuff you like does really dumb things. <laughs> but, Unfortunately, that happens a lot in this, yeah. this industry. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I, I just don't... Uh, yeah, I don't know how they how they could uh, think that that was a good idea, but maybe they just thought it would never get out. I mean, that's... I was going to say, like, didn't they think that somebody was going <laughs> to maybe uh, tell the world at some point? Did they really trust everyone? Did they have them sign, like, contracts? Like, they can't say anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, if that worked, we wouldn't have game leaks, so... <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. And your exactly, so you, would, be... you would assume they would be smarter about it. Yeah. If they're going to do I something mean... bad, at least be better at covering it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Come on, I, this I is Evil 101. Come on, you gotta step up your game here. Yeah, I mean, but obviously Capcom doesn't know how to secure their uh, information very well. So if, <laughs> if someone was able to steal all their upcoming games, maybe they should think that somebody was going to reveal that they had people working during COVID. But eh, what can uh, you so do? nobody actually got COVID from it? Yeah, yeah. Please, I, I hope that'd be that the that really unfortunate happen. part, especially because numbers are finally starting to go down. So let's do that. Uh. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Every time somebody says the numbers are going down, like uh, our good friend Brandon, real quick mm. before I move on, our good friend Brandon, who edits a lot of these sh- you know, shows for us or helps us with our fancy animated backgrounds, uh, got his COVID shot today. So oh, nice. congratulations, Ooh. Brandon. I hope that you are feeling great out there somewhere in the ether. I noticed you're not in the chat tonight, but yeah, I, I saw a f- I saw a few friends on Twitter get uh, got their shots as well. They said they uh, felt like a, almost like a dead arm feeling and mm-hmm. maybe not the, not great, but it seems like the most common thing is like you feel bad for about a day and then you're good and goes back in. So yeah, it makes you like at most it makes you lethargic for a little bit. Then you take a nap and you wake up and you're like, oh, my arm just hurts. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine two years ago being hyped to get a shot? <laughs> like, I know, right? I'm following. I'm when following you get a COVID. vaccine, take a photo, put it on Twitter. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I saw people posting their vials. They're like, "I gotta keep my COVID vaccine vial, baby." I'm like, "I'm actually jealous." <laughs> Go back to 2019, Steve, and tell me that I would be just as hyped to get a vaccination as a PlayStation Five. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, granted, you haven't been locked in your house for a year, so true. <laughs> You know what, though? Honestly, of all the things that came of this, I think staying in my house is my favorite one. I'm like, I I don't miss going out every single day anymore. I'm like, man, this is how people have been able to do this before now. This is great. I mean, I I guess 
I never had to go out anyway, so I guess it's changed. It's just a matter of limiting what things I can do outside the house is the part that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. that's true. That's it's like a dream the... for introverts. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like now I'm not judged for staying at home. People are happy that I'm doing it. Cool. Yeah, it's like you're a hero. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're still saving like lives. to go out and see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but... Nice. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Speaking speaking of dead arms, let's go ahead and throw this uh, next one on screen. That was also like an A tier segue, by the way. Uh, this comes courtesy wow. of Nintendo Life. The Dark Dark Horse appears to have canceled their Arms graphic novel series. Uh, this comes from somebody directly involved with the creation of it, basically just saying like, "Yeah, you know, we had planned uh, a comic book series based on Arms, and it went nowhere." Which can't say I'm surprised. Arms kind of didn't go anywhere either. <laughs> I love how you say somebody and it's Ian frickin' Flynn that did that. He was the writer on this because he's the, he was the writer on the Mega Man series and he was the writer on uh, on Sonic in IDW Sonic right now as well as well as uh, Sonic before they switched over to IDW. Dude is amazing at his video game adaptations and he wrote according to this he wrote on his website uh, Bumble King Bumble King says, Arms, May 2018, wrote the introductory uh, free comic book day 2018 issue for a planned but unfortunately canceled graphic novel series based on the popular Nintendo fighting game franchise, Arms. So it looks like something was in the deal. They actually got all the way to free comic book day, and I guess it was decided to um, just cancel it outright and not have it, which, again, it's not too surprising because it's not like Arms is the biggest thing ever. But it's... Yeah. A, it's but the character designs are ripe for doing more with them than even the game freaking did. Oh, I agree. Arms has excellent character design and art direction, but also, I mean, you have to have like a, a I don't want to say a good game because I think Arms is a great game, but you have to mm -hmm. get, have a game that sells well and generates interest. And Arms just never kind of met that metric. It, it's unfortunate, but. It did over a million, but never got the buzz in the same way that like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did, which also did over a million. Yeah. So. Oh, I think that, again, goes to, like you kind of mentioned, they didn't do a lot with the characters in-game. Like, there's... The characterization in arms is non-existent. <laughs> like, we don't even know why people have weird arms in, in the world of arms. Like, what happened? Right. Maybe Are that's what they mutants? were going to cover in the novel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only, no, only thing we know is that the mask they wear is what gives them the arms. Yeah. It's like, why, though? Also, how gypped would you feel if you, like, one guy got spring arms and yours were noodles? I would be really mm. mad. <laughs> I'd be like, somebody could just eat them. I might eat them you just get a different mask, hungry. then? Yeah, that's a good question. What if somebody bites your noodle arm off and then you take <laughs> your mask off? Do you get your normal arm back? <laughs> I have a lot of questions this comic book could have answered for me. It, it, Itiono Ben says, the canon reason why everyone has arms... They woke up one day with them. Yeah, I remember that. That's I think it said it in the trailer. So. I mean, that's a very <laughs> Nintendo reason. Yeah, it really is. Ditto, Ditto M says, yeah, Steve, you get them back. How do you know that? I want to know how you know that. <laughs> Did you bite Min Min's arm off? <laughs> I, um, I mean... Did Min Min give, uh, in Smash, give arms a, a nice little boost like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did? I didn't hear anything about it, so I don't think so. Neither did I. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's be honest. There's a bit more 
to uh, how do I put this the right way? There's a bit more to enjoy uh, character design wise with Pyra and Mithra compared to Min Min. That, you were really searching on that one. Yeah. There's a reason a people might look at that character design like, hmm, I'm interested in where this came from. <laughs> I can't. Okay. I, I just got to say, I can't ever hear anyone praise the design of Pyra and Mithra without immediately going to a bad place in my mind. Like, oh. I love the characters and I love how they're written. But anytime someone's like, yeah, I love how they were designed. I'm like, yeah, sure you do. I mean, it's, hey, Sak- where's, Sakurai where's himself pillow? said Get it. Out. You, you, are you calling Sakurai a liar? I mean, you heard the tone that man used when he said that. <laughs> Look, I, I, would, I would honestly lose my mind if he just came out and he's like, I like them because they're sexy. If he was just like, I wanted a sexy lady in Smash. So I put one in there because I'm which, the boss. Which, you know... Totally means he would have he. It, I think it probably killed him a little inside that he couldn't find a way to get um, uh, blank blank blanking her name from uh, King of Fighters. Uh, the good my little boys Nui. and girls. Yeah, my couldn't get my in there with him being such a big SNK fan. That had to kill him a little bit that he couldn't get my in there. Yeah, I mean, I I personally kind of identify SNK more with Terry Bogard just because he's kind of like the Ryu of. Well, I mean, just mean the background with all the other characters. I mean, Nintendo is very (laughs) conservative in in their views of anything mildly sexual. (laughs) I I didn't know how to say that. Like, but Nintendo is very, very uh, risk family friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that because it's like I hate the idea that you know, like boobs aren't. Like, I I don't know how to say it other Mm. than. I, I hate the idea that boobs are like a bad thing somehow. Everybody in the universe loves boobs. Boobs should be family friendly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of a cornerstone of feeding a baby. I don't know. Exactly. I, got, I got a lot of weird mixed up thoughts as a dad. on, the ro- on uh, yeah. But I, I think it's also Americans are mostly weird about boobs. Other countries aren't aren't so uh, uptight when it comes to that kind of stuff. Typically. I, I don't know how to as... move. <laughs> but well, I was going to bring us back, but as far as uh, a arms comic, I, I really think Ian Flynn could have flushed it out quite a bit because he is—he's oh, really is so. good at that adaptation. I mean, um, otherwise, though, IDW, please get the Mega Man license so that we can get more Mega Man comics because that series was freaking amazing. And screw you, Archie, for canceling it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I think that. Uh... What it comes down to is just I get the business decision not to move forward with mm. an arms comic. I mean, it didn't. I mean, that being said, I would I would love to have seen it. Hopefully, someday, you know, whatever work was done on it leaks online, and we can all see what was going on there. But yeah, the fan base just really isn't there, and that's unfortunate uh, yeah. because I think Arms is actually a very very good fighting game, like a very competent, unique fighting game. Um. I'd, I hope we see a sequel someday because I still play it from time to time. I suck at it. I'm terrible, but um, <laughs> yeah. And I agree. Like I would like to see more of those comics come back, but I'm I'm not a huge comics person anymore. What about you, Bloop? Do you uh, dig into video game comics or comics in general? I am not big on comics unless it's um, Avatar: <laughs> The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. I yeah, have all of I, those. I'm so- I'm so behind. I need to read those. Like I, the I, only thing I'm, I caught up on was um, 
See, I don't want to say anything because Amy hasn't watched Avatar yet, but the oh. resolu- the one resolution we didn't get in the main series that I wanted a resolution to that the last line cut with featuring a certain character talks about mm-hmm. and the second comic book series answers that. Yes. So I yes. And that's one of that, the best I ones. Read beyond. That's yeah. one of the best I ones. I read beyond that. Um, I've also been into the, uh, the Walking Dead uh, comics, but as far as video games go, I can't even... I can't think of a single gaming series that I've played that I wound up reading the comics for. Yeah, mm. I'm the yeah. same, which is weird because I really love Sonic and I've I've picked up a Sonic comic every now and then and been like, oh, this looks cool, but just never, never really bothered to dive into them. But I hear they're good. Yeah, I've never mm. read any, any of those either. I forget. I've read Spider-Man comics. That's not a video game, though. I mean, it is, but <laughs> yeah, not initially. <laughs> the yeah. Other way around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving from comics to anime. This one should be fairly quick. Uh, yeah. Throw this on screen. Uh, so this comes by way of Destructoid, and the headline kind of says it all. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on Switch. Bandai Namco says it was a mistake. Uh, so I got caught by this. Like I happened to be on Twitter right when this was all happening and I retweeted the, the actual screenshot that everyone was, (coughs) excuse me, the actual screenshot that everyone was passing around because I was hyped as hell. Uh, basically, uh, Bandai Namco Latin America, I believe, uh, put out in a quick ad on Instagram saying that Kakarot was getting new DLC and Right at the bottom, there was the Switch logo next to the PlayStation and uh, Steam and Xbox logos. So naturally, people assumed that meant that Kakarot was coming to Switch, and they just slipped up and showed it off early. Um, Bandai, you know, stepped in real quick and said, no, no, you know, they just screwed up. And I could take this kind of 50-50. Yeah. Like, uh, Kakarot is not such a visually intense game that it couldn't be scaled down and ported uh they they did it with friggin jump force of all things they did it with uh, friggin fighters and still made fighters look pretty decent on switch yeah so and bandai seems to love porting their stuff to the switch like a year after the fact so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know i'm i'm kind of torn on this one i mean it does seem weird that it would you know that it would leak from a latin america <laughs> a Bandai account of all things, but weirder things. I have mean, happened before. Latin America loves DBZ. <laughs> true, true. Um, so I don't know. I I feel like this is kind of one of those things where could be true, could not be true. Um, but that being said, I've already played through Kakarot. I've enjoyed my experience with it, and right. I don't. It's not the kind of game that I would pick up and play all the way through again on the Switch. It just you know, once you've no. experienced it, there's not a whole lot more to go back to. Um. I just don't see how they make a mistake like that. They put the logo there. Ooh, that was an oopsie. That didn't. That definitely doesn't go there. I swear, that, that was an accident. A, <laughs> that is a really that, weird oopsie. Yeah, the only thing I think of is like the guy that puts those logos at the end. It's like, oh, whatever. It's just all systems and like, oh crap! I put the switch in there too. Son of a. <laughs> just like, damn. Now things, we got to put the switch. Doing it. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. They're like, oh man, now we got to put it on switch. We had that Instagram ad. Uh, <laughs> That that would be if they end up porting it. That would be how I frame it. I'd be like, oh well, we already leaked it, <laughs> so we had to make it after that. It's <laughs> how committed Might we are well. to the fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like I said, it's if I think the vast majority of folks, if they wanted to play it, already picked it up on a different 
console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it, it's not the kind of game that people would hold out for a Switch version of. It's a fun little game, but I don't see it as a game as people are looking at it as like, oh, if only it was on a Switch. Yeah. Maybe some hardcore DBZ fans, but. I don't know, not man. The I'm about as people. hardcore as they come. And <laughs> but yeah, not... but I mean, people who only have yeah. the Switch. That's fair. You don't only yeah. have the Switch. That's if true. you only have a Switch, then sure. But if you have another option, Kakarot is the type of game that would undoubtedly be better on any of those other options. The Switch will not add anything to Kakarot. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Um, oh, well. What about you, Blue? Are you like a Dragon Ball fan at all? Do you watch Dragon Ball or do you play any of the Dragon Ball games? Which I I used to watch it on Toonami when I was a kid. Um, and I don't remember <laughs> most of anything except for like the Frieza saga. Um, to be fair, that was the part that was rerun constantly. So you that's, know, that's very true. My my brothers were into it, but I I was I would just watch it because I was I was at home and they had the TV remote. <laughs> but um, <laughs> beyond that, with as far as the games go, I remember playing um a lot of I think it was Budokai two or three on the PlayStation two, and I remember liking it. But I'm terrible at fighting games, so I never beat it. And then there was one on the Game Boy Advance, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I Legacy, of Goku? Legacy of Goku or something. I I think a... is there are there a lot of Dragon Ball games on on Game Boy Advance? There's a decent amount. Yeah, there's fighting yeah. games, there's adventure games, there's games based on the original Dragon Ball. There's a good amount. I, yeah, I, I want to say there's remember. five or six. I can't remember, and I don't know why I even owned that game, because I definitely didn't buy it. I found it somewhere. <laughs> I must have, because um, I grew up with three brothers, so we had video games all over the, the house that didn't belong to me that I played, and that was definitely one of them. And I have um, I have fighters, but I am so bad at it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's very same. embarrassing. I, yeah. I try my hardest to be good at fighting games, and I just can't. I can't get any of the combos down. I don't know what a quarter circle is. I don't know how to do that. I don't. I just mash <laughs> buttons and hope for the best, and usually the best does not happen. <laughs> I yeah. I remember when you know I grew up learning fighting games from manuals, from like SNES manuals, and so they didn't. I didn't know what the phrase quarter circle meant for a long time. Like I always called like a fireball down to forward. That's what I would say to people, like down to forward, mm. and. Uh, so someone was describing a move set to me and this was only like 10 years ago or something. And they were like quarter circle. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like quarter circle forward. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like, Where does that start? <laughs> and he was like, like a hot And I was like, oh, down to forward. And he's like, who says that? <laughs> like, oh. That's not confusing at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, I guess always... it makes sense in the orientation of like the direction in the game when you're actually looking at the screen. Yeah, that's that, what I always That makes thought, so yeah. sense. Yeah. If I you're mean, looking at the controller, yours, though. <laughs> yours almost makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always thought because I was always thinking like, okay, you know, how do I describe to my brother who's on the other side uh, which way to go? And I was like, down to forward. And he's like, I, I don't know. It was just a vernacular we made up that worked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because we need to be down to back, and then yeah. other because then you have to say quarter circle back, which it takes longer to say quarter circle back than it does down to back. Honestly, yeah. yeah, it does make a little bit more sense. Yeah, or I would huh. say back to forward, forward to back. You know, just like maybe that's my problem. Maybe I wasn't thinking about it like that, and maybe I could be better at fighting games with that kind of perspective. There we go. <laughs> should, maybe I'd say I'd say I should give out lessons, but uh, Brawly Legs, who we had on the show, would would disagree. I guarantee. It. <laughs> 
All right. Oh. We've got we've got one last story. And somehow it's still kind of we've we've kind of stumbled into making it Capcom related almost. But uh let's go ahead and throw the last one up here. And and this will probably apply more to uh Derek here, but NX has announced that Resident Evil Infinite Darkness is bringing back the Resident Evil 2 remake uh voice cast. So yeah. Nick Apostolides is going to play as Leon oh Kennedy. Oh let me see this name. <laughs> and Stephanie Panicello is uh, reprising her role as Claire Redfield. I've not played RE2 Remake, so I'm not sure. Or wait, I yes, you... I have. I yes, played it on did. Club. I, I, for some reason, I had it in my like head. I played RE3 Remake just now. Uh, I liked the voice acting in that game. No, so I good. guess I do. I do agree. Like they, they did a good job. I thought. I mean, you know, story story notwithstanding, I think that they did a great job delivering the lines, but the the relationship between Leon and Ada is so weird. <laughs> I, I I still have yet to beat Leon's campaign, but I loved Claire's campaign, her interactions with Sherry. Um, like, I, I love a game that by the time you're at the end, the, the um, uh, character is just so beaten down. And you could see the wear and tear on them, but they're just like, oh, screw this. I am finishing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I am done. And you really get that with Claire by the end of her campaign. And I was I was just all there for it. And that's so. a lot of the Resident Evil games where the characters wind up like that. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's true. It's true. I need, I need to play the RE3 remake, even though people have some things to say. But it's been long enough. I can probably get it for pretty cheap now. So that's that's the advantage. <laughs> hey, you yeah. can always use my account. I have it in there. I haven't even there played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I I played it last year, and I I'm not big on horror games. I never used to play any. I like them. I always liked Resident Evil, but I would never touch Resident Evil games. I would just watch one of my brothers play because I just I did not. I don't do well with horror. And then my um, stream chat insisted that we have a horror game every every week so that is what i do now so i'm much oh, more wow. accustomed to it yeah so now mm. i suffer through horror games once a week and one of them was resident evil 2 which was i think the first one they got me to play and i wound up liking it a lot it took me a little bit to uh get used to the whole genre in general because i freak out i can't <laughs> and if you're freaking out you're not pressing the right buttons but um i played the the third one and i didn't like it as much as the second one um it was still good mm-hmm. but it was significantly shorter and it it yeah. felt it felt like it was it was significantly shorter less fleshed out it was still a lot of fun um nemesis was great nemesis terrified the hell out of me the entire time which was good because <laughs> that's what they set out to do but um it was very noticeably short compared to um resident evil 2 which i i thought was fantastic i love both leon and claire just as characters always, in general but they were great in in the two remake mm-hmm. i always had the i had a hard time getting into resident evil um because i'd see all like i have yeah, have the gaming magazines and i'd see them talk about re2 and re3 and i'd see the guide stuff that they'd have in the occasion i'd read it because the story to me sounded really interesting. Yeah, granted, it's hokey, but it still pulled me in. Mm-hmm. And I just got so interested. So by so I didn't get into the series until the GameCube uh, remake. And I played that one. I had to use a guide for it because I had no idea what, it, what the heck I was doing. And then I think RE4 is where it truly clicked for me. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm into this genre. I was even at the point where I uh, read those Resident Evil novelizations that they oh, that wow. the guy put out. Yeah. I didn't even know they made those. 
Yeah, it was interesting because they had to find a way to they found a way to combine the story the A and B stories for the characters to try to make it all one cohesive plot. And they'd have one like here's an adaptation of this, and then the next one would be here's me making up my own stuff and my own original character that I've inserted to try to be this through line for all of it. It was kind of interesting, but I think looking back to it, it's like yeah, it's mostly fan fiction, but it's still fun. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, what this Resident Evil... This is a movie, right? Yes. So they've yeah. released a couple CG movies for Resident Evil um, over the years. I remember I only watched the first one that was the big... The big way it um, promoted itself was uh, it's the first reunion of Leon and Claire since I think after four or six. I, for, I forget which. Is that Degeneration? Um, I think it might have been Degeneration. Because that's like the only one I've ever seen. That's, and I, and I remember. On Blu-ray. I, I, I don't think I ever picked it up. I think I rented it. But I saw it and I, I watched it and I was like, eh. Because <laughs> I know it's supposed to be an airport. So it was like, eh, fine. <laughs> it, was, it was okay. Um, let me see here. Yeah, it has. It, there was. Three, uh, three so far: Degeneration, Damnation, and Vendetta. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. Then, yeah, it's they the first love one. using Leon for these. Leon's like always the character that shows up the most. So, he's a I staple mean, character in the series. Yeah, I was gonna say he's I like him the, the best. Popular. I think out of all the protagonists, so yeah, Leon I like him is more fun. than the Ethan guy from uh, Resident Evil Seven and Eight, right? Well, yeah, well, Ethan's just sort of a normal dude uh, gets really screwed around. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Le- right. Leon's way more of a badass, just in general. Yeah, And everyone loves yeah. 4. 4 is so great that they put it on every console ever. Yeah. 4, is uh, yeah. like, 4 is like the Skyrim of Resident Evil. <laughs> we need our PS5 and Xbox Series X versions. <laughs> probably <true>. get them. <laughs> Yeah, we probably will. I, I imagine. Well, I mean, technically, it's been rumored that Resident Evil Four Remake is coming. Oh so, my god! I, mean, I did not th- know that. There you go. There's our next gen version. Oh, that would be so uh, good. It would. I hope it's good. I always. I still feel that Code Veronica needs a remake much more so. Than I agree. Four. I think Code four Veronica should have got it first. Already. I feel like Code Veronica perfect, is underrated. So. I hear. I never hear anyone talk about it. It's. I, I have not played it the whole way through. I've watched playthroughs of it and of it, seen what it does, but it's it does have some elements that work really well, but it also has some really bad characters and uh, it is hokey as hell. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, there is one of the other characters, Claire's love interest, for lack of a better term in the game, oh, is yeah. just one of the worst characters out there. I, I think his name is Steve. <laughs> yes, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, I Steve, but he is the worst character in that in the, in the series. I mean, I would be the worst character in Resident Evil. <laughs> Put that out there. I'm I'm not he's just a, for survival. He's just so whiny. Uh, I am. The whole thing. I agree. This guy sounds like they just modeled him after me. <laughs> so I, I I remember being blown away by the opening to that game though, because Claire is all of a sudden this badass. He's out running yep. a, a helicopter that's mm-hmm. shooting across, and she's somehow able to get across all of it. It's didn't they didn't they remake it's, that scene in one of the movies? 
Because she has the handgun and like she like did. drops it and then she drops and she grabs it and she shoots a bunch of them anyway. I remember them. Yeah. Re- they like redid that for one of the movie scenes and I can't remember which one it is. I think the movies took a lot of like the most iconic scenes and just sort of made it for their own thing. <laughs> Sounds so. pretty bad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Huh. So with that, I think we've covered all the news that we had for today. Um before we sign off, however, uh, Bloob, where can our audience find you? On twitch.tv slash blueberry. Except I have to explain how to spell it because it's not just regular blueberry. It's B-L-O-O-B and then it's a three because someone stole my name. Oh. R-R-Y. <laughs> I know. I know. You that shouldn't have sucks. even asked me. They're not going to be able to find me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to ask, what, what came first, the name blueberry or the pink? Um... I used to have blue hair, and I had a friend who started calling me Bloob because I was obsessed with, um, at the time, and I still am, I was drinking it just now, um, blueberry green tea. And so right. this one person started calling me Bloob, and then I was like, I should make that my Twitch name because I couldn't come up with one, and I thought it was so dumb at first. I thought it was so dumb, and then it wound up catching on, and everyone's like, you should have blue hair. And I'm like, yeah, I used to, but now I have pink, so... Leave me alone. Well, you're, you're very committed because you match your uh, your microphone cable. So. Oh, yes. Yes, I am I was... very much obsessed with pink at this point. I don't know what happened. At some point last year, it just it all fell into place, and now people kind of associate me with that color, so I just kind of fell into it and continued it with it. <laughs> I, I, I could oh. never. I dyed my hair blue at the beginning of the pandemic for a short time, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, that was a mistake for me. I, it, does not, it just looks weird. I've I've never dyed my hair color. Um, it's never really been my thing. I I only changed up my hairstyle for the first time in my life uh, in the, during the pandemic, where I didn't have the typical pushover. I let, I'm able to let it go down flat or straight now, and actually have bangs. So. Well, I think your guys' hair color is fine. I hate my hair color, so I'm like, you know what? This is this is more me. I'm fine with this. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> do, do you yeah. want to say your natural hair color? Because I honestly, I, I, I guess I could look at your eyebrows and tell. It's, but it's, like, it's dark brown. It's yeah. very dark brown. It's hey. dark. I don't like dark hair. If I go if uh, I go natural, I just stay with blonde. Same Z's. There you go. <laughs> I know, I, I've been saying that I'm going to change my hair back to blue when they announce Sonic Mania 3. When they do that, I'll do it again. Sonic but... Mania 3? You're waiting oh, for I them to get a second sequel out there. <laughs> Sorry, did you did you do the whole thing or just like a a section uh, so, of it? So so what I did was I I tried it out on a temporary basis. I used one of those spray in ones, and somewhere there are some very embarrassing pictures. I bet if you if somebody trolls my wife's Twitter, you can find a picture of me with a my head mostly shaved and b what little hair is on there turned blue, and it is mortifying <laughs> to look at. I promise you, you won't sleep for days afterwards. I'm sure it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I disagree. <laughs> All right. So with that, we've covered the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, we have to give a special thanks to our patrons at every tier for making this show happen, but especially our producers. Uh, y'all, without your support, we could not do this three nights a week or even one night a week. Uh, and I know y'all know where this is headed. We have to give a very special thank you to all the members of our EP squad, the folks that have subscribed to our Patreon at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks are Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob, our man X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, 
Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Aiko Carroll, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Facts, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, I see you, Derek, Alicia, <laughs> Azran127, Ken Roulet09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, Douglas Comics, Andrew Medeiros, Orem M, Brady Power, Fandom 23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Fizzywig Hoyd, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hoobie, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Darkumi87. The Flying Tacos. Scuff196. Skull Kid Tiger. AJB Cool. Chip Damage Mike. Jason Uloa. Jaden Buck. And finally, Phantom Project. Woo! It's a lot Remember, of names. you too yeah. can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch today's news tonight live and catch our exclusive post show for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. If you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Have a great Bye. weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye.